Hi, my name is Mike Herbster. I'm privileged to be the director of Southland Christian Camp Ministries. For over 25 years, Southland has centered itself around the ministry of preaching. We believe that God uses the foolishness of preaching to convict hearts and transform lives. Our prayer is that today's sermon would push you to become more like our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. As you listen, would you carefully evaluate your life in light of God's Word and take the appropriate action to grow in your walk with Him? We hope that you will enjoy today's message. And a good morning to you, and a happy new year to you as well. Um, you know, we just were singing, uh, He healed the brokenhearted and uh, sets the captive free, made the lame to walk again. What do we just sing? Cause the blind to see. You see throughout the life and ministry of the Lord Jesus that he would go to those who were physically blind and he would grant them, uh, through their faith in him, physical sight. And uh, that's a wonderful gift that the Lord Jesus gave. But that is a physical picture of the spiritual healing and uh, removal of the blindness that we talked about last night. Jesus still removes blindness, particularly the spiritual blindness um, uh, in our sins. So anyway, I thought that was neat just to sing that, and I was thinking about that here uh, this morning. Well, I hope you slept well last night. I don't know if you did or not. I'm sure it was very comfortable accommodations as you slept, but, uh, uh, you know, of course, teenagers can sleep anywhere. You know that. Uh, you guys are awesome at that. When you get a little bit older, and I'm not, I'm not much older than you, and I appreciate you thinking that, but uh, uh, when you get a little bit older, it makes it, it's, it's, it's a little more difficult, but uh, I trust you slept well last night, and um, if not, now's not the time to work on that, but uh, uh, maybe other time later today, you can find uh, that particular time to do so. Uh, New Year, 2019, uh, I, uh, if you haven't done this already, I would encourage you to do this maybe sometime today. Uh, I gathered my family right after, right after midnight, you know, my younger kids wanted to stay up to midnight, that's a big deal, and uh, so right after it turned to the new year, uh, we all gathered as a family and uh, took a moment to pray, and we thanked the Lord for what he has brought us through in 2018, and we ask for his grace in 2019. I would encourage you sometime today by yourself, maybe a group of your friends, you know, maybe your youth group, I don't know, but find some time today, thank the Lord for what he brought you through, what he taught you, how he carried you through, as you just sang, 2018, and expect him and ask him to do the same to an even greater extent in 2019. You need the Lord Jesus today and every day this year. So do I. And praise the Lord we have him. So anyway, I just encourage you to, to think about that and to do that. All right. Very good. Let us go back to Ephesians chapter 4. Boy, some of you are already there. 
It's like you have this sixth sense. It's a whole new year, you know, so you've got it now. All right, Ephesians chapter 4. This morning, our text is going to be 22, 23, and 24. Uh, Then we'll gather again after lunch, I think it is, for our next time, and we'll continue on. But for right now, 22, 23, and 24. So I would like to read that. But if you notice in your scripture, verse 22 begins in the middle of a sentence. Ah, it's hard to start in the middle of a sentence. So let's go to where the sentence begins. That's verse 20. But you see verse 20 is a conjunction. But you have not so learned Christ. So that's a contrast with the previous sentence. You say, when are we going to, are we going to go all the way back? No, we're not. We don't have that much time. The previous sentence began in verse 17. Do you remember last night? I know it was last year, but do you remember last night? (laughs) What did we learn? The old humanity is messed up. Uh, We are caught up in the vanity of our mind. The darkness of our understanding. The greediness of our conduct. That's what we used to be. Verse 20, but you have not so learned Christ. If so be, you have heard him, or since it is true that you have heard him, and have been taught by him, by Jesus, as the truth is in Jesus, that ye put off concerning the former conversation the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. All right. The old humanity has been making this world worse. I used to be a part of the old humanity. If you are a new person in Christ, a saved person in Christ. You too used to be a part of the old humanity. What we need is a new humanity with new life, new understanding. Yes, new conduct, new behavior, new desires. I think it's appropriate on this new year to talk about new things and new people. That's what we are looking at, this new life in Jesus Christ. This is exactly what God has been doing. He has been been making a new humanity from the old humanity. And this new group, this new humanity, known as the church, is supposed to shock the old humanity. We talked about this last night. True love, true peace, true justice true mercy, true forgiveness is finally possible in this new humanity. So much so that the old humanity is to look at us and say, okay, you have found what we have been looking for. How did you get it? How can I be a part? They are to look at us in the church with astonishment, with hope, with desire. We are to be shocking the world. Matthew 5, 16, the Lord Jesus talked about this. Let your light 
So shine before men that they may see your good works. That's literally the good work that Jesus has done in us, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. The church is to shock the world as the world witnesses what God has made possible that they used to think was not possible. All right, we're supposed to be, but here's my question for you today, young lady and young man. Are we shocking the world? Is the church making a big impact in the darkness of this world? Now, on one hand, yes, we are, because nothing can hold down the power of the gospel. But in another sense, we're really not making a bigger, we could be making a bigger difference, let's put it that way, in this world. Why are we not shocking the world? Why is the world not knocking on the church door every Lord's Day saying, please tell us what you got going on? Why? Well, I'm going to suggest one reason is because Christians are still behaving like non-Christians, like they used to be. See, the non-Christian can look at us Christians and say, you got nothing to offer me because you're no different. You're still just as angry as we are. Huh. You still lie just like we do. You still, uh, you still uh, uh, steal like we do. Uh, you still talk a certain way and then think a certain way and conduct a certain way just like we do. Uh, in fact, sometimes I think I'm more Christian than you are. And they're looking for our following. You were darkness, but now you are light. In fact, you're here in Ephesians 4. You, maybe it's right across the page, but it's in chapter 5 and verse 8. The apostle says, you were sometimes darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. So walk or conduct yourself as children of light. That is the power of the gospel. But now radical change has happened to you. So now radical change and behavior must be happening from you. That's what he is getting at. All right. So I ask you, are you, Christian, living differently than how you used to live before Christ? That is what the apostle deals with from verses 22 to 32. In other words... Tomorrow, today and tomorrow, this is what we're going to be looking at, 22 through 32. Now, uh, here is the great contrast that he has been getting at. You have been learning life in Christ, and Jesus is teaching you. Did you notice the end of verse 21? Jesus is teaching you the truth as it is in Jesus. What are you learning now that you are a new person in Christ? What are you learning as a Christian? What is the curriculum the great teacher is teaching you? He is teaching you the truth as it is in Jesus. What is the truth as it is in Jesus? Well, he tells us what that truth is in verses 22, 23, and 24. What is the truth as it is in Jesus? What is it that you are learning, Christian, now that you are in Christ? Number one, you are learning that you have put off the old man. 
Number two, you are learning that you are being renewed in the spirit of your mind. And number three, you are learning that you have put on the new man. All right? So if you want an outline, it's right there. You have put off the new man. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. You have put on the new man. Okay? So let's look at these three in our time this morning. All right, here we go. You have put off the old man. This is the truth as it is in Jesus. Let me read verse 22 all over again. That ye put off concerning the former conversation the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. Now, that's what it says, but what does it mean? This is what it means. You have put off the old man, so now put off all the deceitful and corrupt lusts of the old man, the corrupt ways of the old man. All right, so let's define a few terms here. What is this thing called the old man? Well, this is what you were before you were saved. You were bent against God. You were bent toward evil this is the old man Uh, this is the fallen you the corrupt you the unregenerate you the old you you want a description of the old you study verses 17 18 and 19 sometime we did that last night that is the old you uh, when I was in, in college, uh, there was a, uh, a pastor uh, near, uh, near where I went to school. Uh, Mark Minnick is his name. He used an illustration I'd like to borrow, and I'm going to apply it uh, to this, and it was, it was helpful for me. So this was, this was what, um, what I learned, all right? The Christian views her life or his life as a two-volume biography, okay? Uh, let, let me apply it to me. Once upon a time, volume one for me was called Old Andy. My life without Christ. Uh, I don't like volume one. Can I be real honest with you? I don't like it at all. Uh, part one was uh, vanity of my mind. Part two, darkness of my understanding. Part three, greediness of my conduct. Volume one, Old Andy. My life without Christ. Ah, but the Christian has a second volume. I like volume two. Volume two is called New Andy. My life in Christ. Part one, new, uh, new, new mind. Part two, new understanding. Part three, new conduct. You know what the opening line of volume two is for old for for New Andy? It is this, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Woo! Old things passing away. All things becoming new. This is the Christian life. It is new life in Christ. So again, what is this old man? The old man is the old you. It's what you were before Jesus. The apostle speaks about the old man also in Romans chapter 6 and verse 6 when he says the old man was crucified with Christ. Uh, The old man has been crucified with him. Let me put it this way. Old Andy was not cleaned up. 
Old Andy is dead. Old Andy was crucified. Old Andy has been put off. And in its place, new Andy was created. New Andy came to life. New Andy has been put on because of the Lord Jesus Christ. Today I stand before you as a man in Christ. The man I was in Adam is no more. Old Adam is gone forever. God no longer sees the old man in me. He sees the new man in Jesus Christ. He sees Christ, the new man. I'm not half saved and half unsaved. I am entirely the new man. And it is perfectly right to say that the old man has been crucified with Christ. But the new man lives in the old flesh with all of its leftover corruption. It's like this. The old man left, but he left all his dirty clothes. The old you acted a certain way. The old you thought a certain way. The old you behaved a certain way. What is it called? Here in verse 22, it is referred to as the former conversation. The former conduct. The old behavior. The corrupt and deceitful former uh, behavior and conduct. Former action, former thinking. So the apostle's point in verse 22 is part of putting off the old man is making a decisive break with the old manner of the old man. You have put off the old man, so put off the leftover corruption of the old man every day. That's where he's getting off, okay? So what does he mean by put off the former conversation? Uh, put off here is really easy to understand. It's not, it's not difficult. Put off means to remove, to eliminate, to shed, all right? At the end of the day, you've worn your shirt all day, it's, you've eaten in that shirt and you can tell, you know. Uh, it's, you come to the end of the day and it's time to take off the shirt. There is, uh, there is decisive action when you want to take your shirt off. You don't go halfway, right? You know, well, I guess, I guess I'll just leave it like that. No, there is a decisiveness. There's an element of force. There's an element of violence. You either put it off or you put it on. That is the point that the apostle is getting at here. He says, I have made my choice, here I go. I have put off the old man. There is a finality to it. This is the truth as it is in Jesus. You are done with the old man, so every day be done all over again with the dirty clothes of the old man. That's why the apostle I, uh, says also another time about the old man in Colossians 3 and verse 9, lie not one to another, seeing you have put off the old man with his deeds or his conduct. All right? So let me try to lay it out, and then let me try to illustrate it, and we'll uh, pretty much move on. Okay? Um, as you look at Ephesians 4, verses 22 to 24, this is the gospel truth. This is the truth as it is in Jesus. You have put off the old man. You have put on the new man. Verses 25 through 32 is the daily proof of that gospel truth. Okay? Verses 25 32 is let's get real uh, 
real, real, real fast. This is what it looks like every day to put off the corruption of the old man you have already put off. Okay? Now, let me use an illustration that was a, a major help to me. It, it kind of cemented it into my head. All right. When I was studying Ephesians 4, I found great help in what I believe is about the, one of the best expositions of the book of Ephesians I've ever read by a Welsh pastor in the 20th century in London, a man named Martin Lloyd-Jones. He used this illustration, so I want you to know that as I uh, share it with you. Uh, though he pastored in London, he used an illustration about the United States of America, so it helped me understand it a little bit better. Uh, back in our country's history, back in the mid-19th century, that's the 1800s for those of you who haven't figured that out, there was a terrible scourge in our land, our country, called slavery. And our great president, Abraham Lincoln, on January the 1st, 1863, made a proclamation, a wonderful proclamation, proclamation that should have been made long before then declared all the individuals who were enslaved all the slaves were now free and this proclamation soon would become the law of the land a legal declaration there are no more slaves in the United States of America all right sadly though because of habit or familiarity or custom or practice, there were some freed slaves who still acted and lived as if they were still slaves. What do you say to such a man back in the 1860s who lived that way? Well, you go to him and you say, my friend, the slave you were is dead. Now, obviously, the man is still living, but the slave he was is dead. There has been a legal declaration. The slave is dead. So put off the slavery. Don't be what you once were. Be who you are now. Be, and that, 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 those four words are key to understanding Ephesians 4, 22 to 32, be who you are. Don't be who you used to be. The slave you were is dead, so be done with the slavery. That is the apostle's point in Ephesians 4. You Christians, you're being inconsistent. You said you were done with the old life, but you're still messing around with it. So be done with the old life all over again. Put it off once and forever, every time and every day the need arises. You have put off the old man, so daily put off the corrupt conduct of the old man. The old man is, according to verse 22, corrupt and uh, according to the deceitful lusts. Now, why should you put off the corrupt conduct of the old man? Well, because it is corrupt. It is rotten. It is... It lacks wholesomeness. It's, it's not just that it's corrupt, it's corrupting. Have you ever noticed that um, when you uh, participate in, in, uh, in, in sin, there's an excitement and it feels pretty good, but then when you want to do it the next time, you have to do it a little bit more to get the same amount of excitement? 
and the next time you do it, you gotta do a little bit more to get the same level, it is corrupting, it is decaying, it is getting worse and worse. But then he says in verse 22, it's not only corrupt, but it's also deceitful. These lusts of deceit, sin and selfish living are nothing but a cruel, deceitful joke. It promises to satisfy, but it never does. It promises lasting fulfillment. It promises total joy. It promises God doesn't see or God doesn't care about your sin, but it's nothing but deceitful lusts. This is why you put it off. Like a dog to its vomit, though, we keep returning to our folly. All right. So what's the truth as it is in Jesus? You have put off the old man. Where he's going is, so put off the corruption of the old man every day. All right, that's number one. Number two, verse 23. Your mind is being renewed. This is the truth as it is in Jesus. This is what you're learning. Your mind or the spirit of your mind is being renewed. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. What does this mean? Now notice in verse 23, he says, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. He's not just talking about your mind. Oh, the power of man's mind. Man's mind is really, our minds are pretty cool. With our minds, we have created beautiful music. We have put together astonishing works of art. We have solved some tremendous puzzles in our, in our world and in our history. With our mind, we have put a human being on the moon and brought him back safely. Uh, with our mind, we have cloned a sheep. Did you know that? That happened 20, about 20, 21 years ago. I remember that because I was just coming out of high school about the time that we cloned a sheep over in Scotland. They made a sheep, called her Dolly. That was fascinating back then. You know, uh, it was a little more than a year ago that my wife and I, we went to Scotland on a mission trip. And uh, we had some free time one day and we were just in this museum in Edinburgh there in Scotland walking through and, and uh, we're seeing all these things. And then just off to the side right there, there was a stuffed sheep, meaning an, a sheep that has died and was preserved, you know mounted right there and I went oh that's cool it's a sheep then I looked at the little uh, uh, description there and it said this is Dolly the sheep that was cloned I think it was in 97 something like that and I went this is the sheep that was cloned oh my goodness how cool now it's dead now but how cool the power of man's mind there is nothing wrong with the instrument God has given us but did you notice he says the spirit of your mind needs to be renewed. What is the operating system behind your mind? Who is in control of your mind? What is operating it? What is the power behind it? There is nothing wrong with the instrument. It is the operating system behind it. Our minds, we learned last night, taken over by a foreign agent, by Satan. He's corrupted our minds. He has perverted our minds. He has distorted and warped. Our whole outlook is wrong. 
The mind can conceive of great things, but the governing power behind it is wrong. And by default, every day we wake up, we keep sliding back to to going back the way we used to think. And if you're going to be putting off the corruption of the old man, and if you are going to be putting on the righteousness of the new man, as we will see for the rest of our time together, the spirit of your mind must be continually renewed, continually worked upon. Your mind must be taken over by a new agent, the Holy Spirit of God. So how do you keep on being renewed every day in the spirit of your mind? Well, let me give you uh, three statements here. You will be renewed in the spirit of your mind by the Holy Spirit through God's word among God's people. Okay, I'll say that again. You will, your mind, the spirit of your mind will be renewed by the Holy Spirit through God's word among God's people. Let's talk about that. Understand, you cannot renew your mind. You need the Holy Spirit to renew your mind. The Bible says in Colossians 3 and verse 10 that this renewal is something that happens to you. You can't wake up today and say, I'm going to renew my mind today. (laughs) Sorry, you don't have that power. You need the Holy Spirit. The Bible says in Romans 12 too, the Holy Spirit transforms you through the renewing of your mind. All right, it's his work to do. So don't quench or hinder the work of the Spirit. How do I do that? You hinder the work of the Spirit when you say no to him. The truth is, he's speaking to you. He wants to speak to you during this time right now. And your God and I time, I think you're about to have that, uh, devotional time. Uh, you're you're going to have that. He is speaking to you when you hear your pastor preach. You youth pastor teach and preach the word of God. He is speaking to you. Say yes to what he wants to do. He is going to do the renewing, the retraining, the rethinking, the recalibrating of your mind. Okay, By the Holy Spirit, through God's word. You cannot neglect the word of God. The more you are in the word, the more it washes your brain. The more it trains your brain the more it cleanses your mind you know i can stand up here today and i can say young people you need to read your bible every day and that would be good i could say you need to read your bible because bless god he tells you to do it and it's your duty oh okay that's good but there's something far more important that's going on You don't think right. Your default is to keep thinking the old way. You need the Bible every day to recalibrate you, to keep putting you in the right frame of mind. You need the Bible. This is why we say, read your Bible every day. Study the word of God. Why? Because my brain keeps wanting to be caught up by a foreign agent. And I need the Holy Spirit to get my mind. And how are you going to think God's thoughts if you're not reading God's thoughts you need it so it happens through the word daily reading and also whenever it is taught whenever it is preached every lord's day hey are you going to be in church on sunday 
you need to be. You need it. And you need to have an open Bible there, ready to receive the Word of God. Have your mind washed every day. You can listen to good preaching on days that aren't Sunday too. Did you know that? Talk to your pastor. Talk to your youth pastor. Talk to one of the youth leaders and say, can you direct me on you know, Thursdays where a, a good podcast, a good preach, I, even uh, uh, Brother Mike just mentioned that, I think, uh, before. Uh, good website, good preaching, that helps, all right? This is what you need. He, uh, the Holy Spirit, through God's word, and then don't forget among God's people, you cannot neglect the church of God. When the church gathers, you be there. The writer of the Hebrews said, when you gather together as the church, you are provoked or pushed along towards love and towards good works. Um, God's people, the church, are a wonderful uh, agent in helping you put off the corruption of the old and put on the correct thinking, the righteousness and the right living of the new. Uh, this last year, <laughs> last year, 2018, uh, was, uh, was a difficult year for, for my family. I mentioned that last night. A lot of cancer came into our family. Because of that, uh, my job is traveling and preaching the word of God. And so with a lot of the, a lot of the uh, cancer treatments that my wife was receiving was all back home in Indiana where we live. And so a lot of the times uh, I would be there, but many times, many weeks, I had to be gone. And our church just loved on my, has been loving on my family, been, uh, would step up in my absence. Uh, many, many people uh, did that. But because I was gone many Sundays, there were some Sundays I'd come into a church and I would you know, be preaching and I was about as low as I could feel emotionally uh, and, and all that. And yet, when I was there in the church, you know how many people in these different churches would come up to me, and even when I'd be at my own home church, they'd come up to me and say, Andy, praying for you. Uh, you know, this is what I read in my Bible. God is gonna be good. God is gonna be faithful. And these words of encouragement, you know what they did? It captured my mind and once again conformed it to what the Bible actually teaches about God and about life and about eternity. When I got among God's people, it helped to keep my mind thinking God's thoughts. You cannot neglect the church. You need it every day. For some of you, church is kind of a hit and miss proposition, you know? If it fits in your schedule this week, well, then I'll go. You need the church. You need this to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. So the Holy Spirit uses the word. He uses the church to renew your mind. All right. So every day, keep being renewed in the word so that you can put off the corruption left over from the old man and you can put on the new righteousness of the new man. All right, <clears throat> so that's number two. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Now number three, what is the truth as it is in Jesus? You have put on the new man. That's verse 24, look at that. Uh, and that you put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness 
and true holiness. All right, what's this new man? Again, it's the new you. It's who you are in Christ. It is the new creation. Now, I want you to see this. This is awesome. The new you is the exact opposite of the old you. I want you to look at verse 22, which is the old you, and verse 24, which is the new you. And I want you to see how it's the exact opposite. The old man, corrupt, decaying, dying. Verse 24, new man, created after God. That means this new life, it's come to life. Uh, Verse 22, old man, full of deceitful lusts. Lusts that deceive you. Verse 24, new man, full of true, not deceitful, true holiness. Not out of control lusts, but the holiness of God. So what is this put on the new man? Again, this is something you have already done at salvation. It is who you are. You have put on the new man. But as with put off the old man, So the apostle is calling you to act on what is true. Else verses 25 to 32 makes no sense. Be who you are. All right. But here's my question. Why, if I have put on the new man, why should I put on the righteousness of the new man? Well, for three reasons. Number one, first of all, this is who you are. Be consistent. Be who you are. Number two, The world is watching you. The world is waiting for you to fall. The world is looking for an excuse to dismiss Christianity. Uh, You Christians, your behavior isn't Christian at all. Don't preach at us. You're no different than us. This is why you put on the new man, the righteousness of the new man. And number three, you put on the righteousness of the new man because you understand the character and the nature of the new man. What does that mean? Well, according to verse 24... The new man, you are created after God. That means this, you're taking after God. You are living in his likeness. You are a living daily advertisement and commercial of what Jesus is. You have a tremendous responsibility. You are created after God. You are created after his likeness. You're showing people a little bit more about what God is like. But also it says you are created in righteousness and true holiness. Or I've got a note here in my margin. It is holiness of the truth. You're not just being moral. You're putting on the righteousness of God. Uh, People will see that you are characterized by a life of truth, not a life of deceit. There is a God-likeness about you, an integrity, a settledness. You shock the world, in other words, because you are so different from what they are. Now, put off, be renewed, put on. What does this mean? It is to wake up every day and to preach to yourself the gospel truth all over again. It is to wake up on January the 1st, 2019, and to say, I once was the old man, living in the corruption of the old ways. But I am not that anymore. I am the new man in Christ. Therefore today, I will live like the new man. I will put on the righteousness of the new man. And to help me 
in putting on the right, putting on the righteousness and to put off the corruption, I will today be in the word among God's people so that the Holy Spirit can keep my mind in the correct direction it needs to go. That is to do that every day. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. All right. Now, this morning's message was gospel truth. This afternoon, tonight, all day tomorrow, daily proof. We're going to get more practical. We're going to start turning the corner this afternoon. Okay? We're only going to look at one verse this afternoon. <laughs> verse 25. Okay. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Southland Podcast. May the message you've just heard be truth that transforms your heart and life. Christ loves you and wants you to grow in His grace through salvation and sanctification. If you've never placed your faith and trust in the finished work of Christ, we'd love to talk to you personally. Please give us a call at 318-894-9154 or shoot me an email at mherpster at southlandcamp.org. Christ has promised eternal life and a life worth living if you will only believe in Him. May the Lord bless you in your pursuit of Christ-like living. Tune in next time right here for another message on the Southland Podcast.